Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to That's What People Do. We're going to start this episode off with a huge apology that there hasn't been an episode in a while. Uh, it's currently the 28th of October and we worked out the last time we recorded was the 4th. And that is because October has been just a mental month. Um, you might tell by my voice it's a little bit sexy today. I've been using my voice a lot. So enjoy those tones. Uh, Ryan is of course here as always. Hello Ryan. I am here. I am here. My voice is not as sexy today. I did notice your voice is a little croakier. Yeah, it's uh, sexy is the word I'm going for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's uh, it's the elephant in the room that we do have to address. It has been a little while for us, um, and we are sorry about that, guys. If you follow us on the socials, you may have seen me pop up. It's probably the first time you've seen my face, um, if mm. you saw it. Um yeah, just giving you guys a little update. Um, we've been super busy. Well, yeah, we've been we've been super busy. Yeah, it has been crazy, but the super busyness ends on Monday. It's currently Wednesday, so a normal service will be resumed mm. shortly, and my voice will go back to not being sexy. Yes, we which have is some, a shame because I do quite like it. We have some catching up to do. Um, so this episode that we're recording right now on the twenty eighth should be yeah. out Friday. I might even release it today, to be honest with you. Oh, well, if you're listening to it on the 28th, you know that it came out on the 28th. Um, yeah, I, I might I might just do it. Just get it yeah. out there. We've also promised you uh, an episode talking about the Salem Witch Trials, which we will go over. Um, and whilst there, I would also like to talk about the famous witch hunter, Matthew Hopkins. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a little session, maybe like a half an hour episode, just talking about some creepy pastors because... You know, we're going to try and stay spooky and we've got some catching up to do. So you can have some spooky episodes, but a bit late. Yeah, a little late Halloween. That'd be that'd be very cool. Also, just another little disclaimer, completely unrelated. I'm currently having a new kitchen fitted. I am far away from the kitchen. But if you do hear the occasional drilling, that's what that is. They've gone very quiet. So maybe they're on their lunch break. I'm not sure. But just so you know. Yes. Been living without a kitchen for a few days and it has been a nightmare. (laughs) Uh, So what are we talking about today? 
So today is going to be split into two parts. So we mentioned on the last episode that um, recently I have had a lifestyle change. It's going very well, thank you everyone for asking. <laughs> and it's <laughs> basically I, I've adopted veganism and everyone said I wouldn't see it out. But I think it's been about three weeks now and I feel great. And so I'm just going to preach to everyone for an hour. Well, well, obviously this is... If I can just be <laughs> devil's advocate for just half a second and interrupt you there. You mm-hmm. said it's been going well and it hasn't really interrupted or affected your life so far. The last time we recorded an episode, you had just mentioned that you'd just gone vegan and we've not recorded for the last three weeks. So I'm saying it ah. has affected. <laughs> so, so yeah, the schedule's been busy, but then perhaps if I wasn't on this vegan diet, I would have not even been able to record today. I'll be fast asleep. Mm. I've been, my energy levels have been good. But we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that because that's, <laughs> that's what people do. So the second half of the episode will be... Me and Ryan just scrapping it out a little bit. <laughs> but the thir- first part uh, obviously needs to be about a person because we need a title for this episode. And I thought, what links in well with that? And we're going to go with Greta Thunberg. You either love her or you hate her. If you hate her, you're wrong. If you love her, well done. Is she a vegan? Uh, yes, absolutely she is. Oh, is she? Yeah. That would so make sense. It's going to be quite short. It, it, it's quite a short little passage about her because she's only, what, 17 now? Yeah, I think I'm so. sure if we did this episode in another 15 years, there'll be a lot more. But she's done quite a lot for a 17-year-old. I think by the age of 17, all I've done is, I don't know, not a lot. I, I think I got to Division 1 on FIFA. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I passed some GCSEs. Yeah. But no, she's done some amazing stuff. So, Greta. Greta, Greta, Greta. Greta Thunberg. Do you have Pro- the actual pronunciation or are we just uh, assuming? Can, you've been to Sweden. You can go for it. <laughs> well, yeah, I would have gone uh, Greta Thunberg. I don't think we're supposed to pronounce the H. I think it's like Tun. No. Whenever she pronounces it, it always sounds different. It's the correct way of doing it because it's her name, but it's a way that us English don't really know how to pronounce. Mm. So yeah, we'll we'll go Tunber for now. I think Tunber, Tunber, Tunberg. Tunber. All right. I'll call her Greta. Greta. So it's probably the youngest person we've ever done an episode on. Thinking about it, uh... because she was born on January third, two thousand and three. Oh fucking hell, man! <laughs> I was ten. This is the thing, I've been meeting people um, lately, like, at work and stuff, and they'll be like, I'll be like oh, how old are you? They'll be like, oh, I'm like 20, I'm 19. I'm like, oh, that's cool. When were you born? Like, oh, 2000. God. So like, it just, in my head, it doesn't compute. Oh, yeah. No, completely. I share exactly the same sentiment. So, um, I'm 27 now, and we've got a newish lad who, uh, he, he's only been there a couple of weeks, and he was trying to bond with me the other day and was just saying, so... Um, you know, we're here full time. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm here full time. He was like, so, um, oh, so you're not like, you're not at college or anything. I was like, I haven't been to college in like eight years. <laughs> I was like, it's <laughs> getting older. I was like, and how old are you? And he's like, I'm 16. I was like, I'm 11 years older than you. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. You were going into year seven when he was yeah. coming out the womb. Yeah. <laughs> That's mental. Crazy. Time progresses as much as you don't want it to. I'm 25 in a couple of weeks. Oh, blimey. Yeah, yeah, you are, aren't you? The big 25. I'm waiting for Boris to announce that lockdown, so I can't do anything for it, but hold fire, Boris. Are you not please. still tier three? No, I'm tier two. Oh, I see. Yeah, tier two. Tier two and not really giving a shit, but we won't go into that because I don't want to get fined. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Greta Thunberg is, yes, I think uh, our youngest potentially uh second to sophie scholl 
yeah, she was at university, I believe. Ah, so she's a wee bit older. So yeah, Greta Thunberg is our youngest person we've spoke about. Fantastic. She was born in Sweden, obviously, as we've mentioned, because Ryan has explored all of Scandinavia, so he's basically Swedish. <laughs> I've been to one place in every Scandinavian country. <laughs> you've, once you've seen one of them, you've seen them all. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's a fair comment to say she's probably the most influential climate crisis activist around at the minute. I, I is maybe she, da- or David is she Attenborough just as well. The most well known. Yeah, yeah, she's the most well known. But I think the things she's accomplished in sh- in such a short space of time, I think she's I think she's heavily influential. Because David David yes, obviously David yes, Attenborough that, is there as well. Is. But you know, I found out recently that apparently David Attenborough is not a vegan, which bothers me a lot. Okay, well, we can talk about that later on because um, I have a, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of like a a get out for vegans. Right, okay. Well, I look forward to hearing that. (laughs) Right, yeah. And then we shall reserve judgment on Greta Thunberg and how influential she is um, by you carrying on and telling us what stuff she's done. Oh, this episode is going to make everyone angry. Whether you're a vegan or not vegan, you're going to get angry. Yes. I love it. Because there will be people that hate her and those that defend her. And I know that I'm a devil. I like to sit on a fence and try and see both sides to almost everything. And I'm going to upset a few people. Absolutely. We're back and we're here to ruffle some feathers. So, <laughs> Greta is diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, OCD, and selective mutism. I generally knew about the Asperger's, but I didn't know about the OCD and selective mutism, no. which I find really interesting what's selective mutism so she only talks when she thinks it's absolutely necessary and every other time she just won't speak huh okay yeah it's fact like when she we'll get onto this but you know when she sailed to america and she came off the boat and people were asking her loads of questions as soon as she came off the boat and she looked like really kind of like anxious and she didn't really want to speak yeah and it, like people on social media started taking the piss of her, out of her about it and i'm just like most people when they get off a plane for the sound for eight hours don't want to talk to anyone she's been on a boat for three weeks she's got all these mental health um disorders and you're shoving microphones in the face and then taking the piss out of her online but anyway no yeah you're right i, I know she does get a lot of flack uh for being it's, uh well the word is not a, a bit but different she gets a lot of flack from people who would oh, oh fuck it i'm gonna rough for feathers people who are generally unintelligent yes because they're threatened by a 17-year-old girl. It's funny. Anyway, so, like a lot of young people, Greta saw from a very early age that climate change was and is the biggest crisis to be facing our planet and all the species that live upon it, which I think is a fair thing to say. Obviously, we've got coronavirus at the minute, which, again, we will get onto because coronavirus stemmed from the meat trade. But, anyway, so climate crisis is the biggest thing facing our planet whether you if you agree with climate crisis or if you disagree with climate crisis it doesn't change the fact that it is going to change our world mm. and obviously now we we can sit here and say oh but it won't really affect us which generally it won't i think we could uh, towards the m- mid to late stages of our life we'd really start to see the the proper effects of it, but then you've got to think about your grandkids and all the other generations, haven't you? Well, yeah, I'll be able to have a summer holiday in Iceland in December. By the time exactly, I'm which would be mental. And you'd have to tell your kids about certain animals that you got to see and experience, and they don't because they're dead. Yes. Which is kind of heartbreaking. So, is, uh, sorry, before we carry on, um, I am 
a believer, obviously, in climate change. I it is changing, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist. Uh, we're not experts. We've we said that quite a lot on the on the pod. We're not experts in our fields. Um, we do no. We're just two blokes with far too many opinions. We are two blokes with far too many opinions who have done a wee bit of research uh, on a matter, but I'm not experts. But it doesn't doesn't um, isn't climate change like a a thing that happens quite regularly in the Earth cycles? So there's a period oh, yeah, of, of heating and cooling, and we have ice ages and moments where there's not ice ages. Is it not? Yeah. Are we not just it going is, for a is. bit of a warmer period before we go into another ice age? Is that not a thing? And we're just we're just aware it's of it, it at the moment. It is obviously we have seen in history that things do change by themselves but there's no denying that human beings are accelerating everything at an alarming rate yeah like we saw during coronavirus the um the smog in china lifted the canals in venice went clear i mean that's Um, pollution the ozone layer started to repair itself but pollution again is changing the climate you're seeing coral reefs completely die because of rubbish and plastic and all the shit in the oceans Mm -hmm. Which, which is the climate changing. It's not just about... People, when you say climate change, they go, they literally think, oh, it's going to get warmer and the ice caps are going to melt. That is obviously a huge thing, and yes, that will happen. But it also means the winters will be a lot more fierce. They'll be a lot colder. You'll get more hurricanes. You'll get more earthquakes. Coral reefs will die. Species will die. But species die, It's not just know. about species... going on holiday in November. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Especially you... aquatic life. I suppose you're right. No, you are right in that there's a difference between natural climate change and man-made climate change. Yeah, absolutely. If we want to avoid another ice age, then we need to For instance, like species, species do die and go extinct. That does happen, but not necessarily oh, yeah, for sure. by that, human that, hand. And that happens naturally. Have. No, we're, we're just like hunters, for example. What What's the fucking point? Anyway, we'll get on to this. Well, yeah, this it's something this we will get on to. <laughs> <laughs> so... Where was I? So Greta, obviously, she decided to act. So it started out every Friday, she'd skip school and sit outside the Swedish parliament with a sign that reads School Strike for Climate. I'm sure everyone has seen a picture of her yeah. sitting outside. I think it that it is like Skull Strike for Climatet is how it's like spelt. Uh, uh, yeah. Obviously, it's Swedish. Uh, and due to the immense power of social media, Greta's message around, grew around the world and her popularity grew. And she was able to launch Fridays for Future, where young people all over the world stop what they're doing on a Friday and protest their country's governments in order to create real change and do what we can as a species to help out the planet. Which is why I think some people have an issue with her, because she's skipping school. <laughs> but she's also doing a lot of research in her own time and probably is probably far more intelligent than most people berating yes, her. Yes, but for the most part, those that are really against her skipping school are those that left school at 15 and then went to just go work in a a labouring job. So it makes yeah, no absolutely. difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, f- I find it so weird when people are just like, oh, I don't like Greta. like, why? It's like, oh, I just don't. I literally had that exact conversation with someone. Really? Like, what has this 17-year-old girl done to you? It, like, all she wants to do is help the planet and you've got a problem with it. And I think it mainly it's blokes I've found and I think they have an issue with a young woman telling them kind of what to do and that something's wrong. I think maybe it's a bit of a masculinity crisis. Potentially, yeah. Strong, strong. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some strong women it. intimidate men. Smart women, 100%. even more so. Which we will find out when we talk about the witch trials, because men don't like women. 
No, throughout history, it's it's horrible, really. And even nowadays, you see it like women get, I don't know, persecuted in the workplaces and stuff, lower wages. Anyway, that's a whole different episode, which I'm sure we'll do at some point. Well, in, in historic but historically, um, well, if we're to take Christianity for example, um, Eve is the whole reason why humans were banished from, uh, the Garden of Eden. It, yeah. It's because of a woman that humans have to live in suffering and have to, you know, live the way we live. It's because of a woman. She is the original sin. Um, yeah. She's the first and sin. And people just base their entire life off a of fucking exactly. book. Exactly. So. Uh, and so, Good you know, that, that carries on. And now we've got to a stage where, you know, men believe themselves to be infer- uh, superior because of such a stupid thing. So now if a woman is smart or, you know, confident in her own self and intelligent and whatnot, like... For a lot of men, that's intimidating because, as far as they're concerned, that's not how it should be. No, and but I don't. No, one, I don't think anyone gets taught that behaviour. It's kind of just inherited, which is a shame. But I'm a firm believer be. that women generally are better leaders than men. So far, we've seen throughout the coronavirus outbreak that that is true. Oh yeah, Jacinda Ardern is my absolute hero. I think she's just phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah, Jacinda Ardern, uh, Finland's uh, prime minister, seems to be doing quite well. Uh, yeah. Nicola Sturgeon, whether you like her or not, in Scotland, she seems to be quite confident in what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, Angela Merkel has been the Chancellor of Germany for 15 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Strong women. Strong women. Scare men. Keep going, women. Keep scaring keep going. the fucking... <laughs> keep scaring the blokes. So... Yeah, man. Greta truly practices what she preaches. So, uh, I mentioned earlier... She didn't fly to America when she had to go to a summit there. She sailed on an electric boat, which took a couple of weeks. She went with her dad and a crew, which I thought was mad. Like, how cool is that, doing that at such a young age? And also, yeah. as we mentioned, she is a vegan, which obviously is big in terms of climate change. And that's largely what the episode will be about later on. Um, and she's also convinced her family to join her with veganism. I'm trying to do the same, and I'm getting pushed back quite a bit. But I'll get there. <laughs> Yeah. Usually just met with fuck off, but one day maybe it'll be uh, interesting. How come? I can drink. Yes, yes, I can imagine. I can imagine that. I don't think it would go down very well in my household either. No, no, I have a lot to say, but I'll say it when we get onto that section because I yeah. can't wait for this rant. I've been building up in my head for a long time. <laughs> I've had a lot of help with it as well. Yeah, no, this is really handy because obviously this is this is new to me. This is new for you. Um, uh, you and me have sat, both sat down and shared buckets of KFC and whatnot. Um, yeah, literally. So it, it will be interesting to have this chat. I've been wanting to have this chat for a little while. Yeah, and we'll do it and record it so that everyone can listen to it forever and enjoy my sexy voice for a week. <laughs> uh, so as her popularity grew, she was invited to speak at various conferences all over the world due to being the face of the youth climate struggle. Uh, she's very well known for her blunt way of speaking and she holds people to account and demands real change. Uh, it's also incredibly baffling that people listen. Oh, this really fucks me off. That people listen and they'll share her shit on social media and they'll be like, oh, this is amazing. People at the summits give her a round of applause. Like, absolutely. And then they do absolutely fucking nothing about it. It's just... It's yeah. mental. It's It's like being like... This is a horrible example, but this is how the only way I can phrase it. Someone has cancer... Greta goes up to them and goes, here's the cure for cancer. They go, amazing, thank you for this, and then walk away and don't even use it. <laughs> because the climate change is the cancer of the earth. It's 
if you're being offered solutions, don't fucking clap them if you're then not going to do it. Yeah, I think a lot of it, I honestly, we, I, I'm, I'm sure you do as well. We know a lot of people that do this. They share posts on social media and whatnot and yet don't do anything to actively encourage what they're preaching. Um, yeah, this was one of my big reasons for changing because I realised that I preach a lot about the climate but then generally wasn't doing much about it. Mm. So, I believe a lot of it is the ignorance of um, just little old me is not going to change anything, or it won't happen to me. Therefore, it is not important. But that's, I suppose, yeah. what happened in Nazi then, Germany. Absolutely, the world changes one person at a time. Mm. And I've also got some facts, some fucking cool facts afterwards. So I'll let you know how one person really does make a difference. All right then. <laughs> It happens with David Attenborough as well. You see it every time he releases a new documentary. He happened recently on Netflix. Amazing documentary. Watch it. People share it and go, this is so sad. We need to do something. And then you'll see them like jetting off somewhere around the world, eating all like this food and meat and stuff. It's just like, what What are you doing to help? Mm. Anyway, I have much more respect for people that go, I don't give a shit. I'm doing it anyway. Because then at least you're not lying to yourself. No, true. So... One of her quotes, I'm sure you've heard it, but I'm going to say it again because fuck it. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering, people are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing. We're in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? I'm sure we've all heard that speech before. Yeah. And people made a shit ton of memes out of it, which is mad because at the time she was only 15 and she was literally warning the world that you will die if you don't act. And it just turned got turned into a meme. Mm. Yeah. Um, every fucking film, every film about climate change or natural disasters start off with one person going, this is bad. We should do something. And everyone else be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then at the end going, we should have listened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this exact scenario. Uh, it's like the day after tomorrow. Yeah, it's exactly that, that bloke who's just like, right, something's about to go down. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. And then half the world fucking dies. Um, this, this may sound like I'm going off on a bit of a, where the fuck is Ryan going here? But I believe it does uh, uh, make sense. Um, before the Europeans came to what we now call the United States of America, um, Native Americans were, they didn't own land. So... They would just sort of migrate where the food was. So like where the buffalo went, mm-hmm. they went, that kind of thing. They migrated a lot. They didn't necessarily uh, stay in one place for too long. They didn't own yeah. land. Nothing was theirs. They gave back. They used what they could use and what they couldn't use, they wouldn't touch because it's not ready to be used, that kind of thing. And when the Europeans came to that land, that's when they started to be aware of what ownership was for the first time where so what you mean someone can own this land that's not how it works you don't own the land you live on the land you use the land but you give back to the land at all times like you're you're living on it you don't own it and europeans came in and went no this is now mine get to fuck um yeah it seems that like that way of living is what has persevered and gone through now well obviously with capitalism nowadays we call it um you know things like that we, we just consume and consume and consume and consume and that's all we do. Whereas like that old way of living before the Europeans came around and ruined it was that, you know, you give back, you only take what you can use, uh, what you only take what can be given, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. They're the right. I had this argument with my brother last night about, he was like, yeah, but what about people who need to hunt and things to, um, 
gather meat and survive. I'm like, that's 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 great. There's there's tribes in um like undiscovered tribes that generally don't eat meat. They'll just reuse like fruit and veg and grow their own things, and they're completely self sustainable. And it is sustainable what they do. And as you mentioned there, the native um the Native Americans. They were completely self-sustainable. They give back to the land. If they were to kill a buffalo, they'd use every single part of that buffalo to make sure it didn't go to waste. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the Europeans came. And now, America, in particular, is quite gluttonous. Oh, the whole world is. Uh, but we will get onto the hunting side of it later on. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I completely agree. We came and was like, okay, now this is mine. Which is mad as well, because then you start rounding up animals and be like, right, this animal is mine. Mm-hmm. Which... I think on a moral level, it's kind of fucked. But then you do it with dogs. I don't know. I'm sure there's a blurred line there. Where was I? So, people shrugged Greta off, but however, the science does agree, and she does obviously know the science. And our children will see the effects, and our grandkids will be right up shit creek, is one way of putting it. Mm. Uh, living, a life, living a life of convenience only to destroy the generations after us doesn't seem massively fair to me. No. But yeah, Greta has been named Times Person of the Year and she was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, which she didn't win. No, who did? Do you know at all? It was, I think it was like a Prime Minister of, let me Google it real quick. (laughs) Yeah, because obviously we have an episode on Alfred Nobel, so if you want to know about the Nobel Prize is and how it works, listen to that. Uh, No, she didn't win... I can't. It won't come up. It was. It was another woman. It was a prime minister of another country. Oh, I see. I'll complete. But I need to. I need to find this out now. Oh well, Greta has a lot of time to still win one. Yeah, I don't think she gives a shit either. Every time she tends to um win prize money of like an award or whatever, she does give it to climate change charities and and various things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good honour. So, she is very extraordinary and people mock her, but in my opinion it's because they're too dense to fully understand what she's on about and they don't want a young person telling them what to do, particularly a young woman. Yeah. Which is fucked because she's literally telling you the world is going to die, this planet that we live on, and people shrug it off and don't really care. No, well we've been told for many, many years that the world is in a lot of trouble. However, uh, it again, like I've mentioned before, it's the old attitude of well, it doesn't necessarily affect me personally, so it doesn't matter. You know, the fires yeah. in Australia at the beginning of this year did not affect me in Essex, therefore, it's not something I am concerned about. The fires in Los Angeles yeah. again do not concern me in Essex, therefore, I do not need to think about it. And until Canvey Island yeah. in Essex floods again, it will not be relevant. <laughs> mm. That's not yeah. me saying it. I I'm just saying as as an example, that's how a, the thinking goes. Yeah, no, absolutely. If people can't see a problem, then suddenly it's not a problem. Yes. Which is a horrendous way of living. But Greta is also named Rosa Parks as her one of her biggest inspirations. Mm-hmm. I think it's that kind of stance of one person really can make a difference if they want to with such small actions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's generally it on Greta. I'm sure everyone has opinions on her. She's spoke in front of EU summits. She spoke around parliaments all over the world in America. And... She's one of those. She's very divisive, which I don't really understand why. But... She is. Do we know if she's a proponent of um, the group Extinction Rebellion? Oh, oh, you know I don't know. Oh, that's a really good point. 
because obviously... What are your opinions on Extinction Rebellion? Well, uh, they themselves are very divisive at the moment. Um, I know I saw an article yesterday come out that they've been camped outside of David Attenborough's house um, because he won't join mm. their cause. He doesn't necessarily agree with the way they do things. Um, yeah. And as much as I do agree the, with the sentiment of what they're saying, I don't necessarily agree with the actions. Right, so Greta has... She, she's given Extinction Rebellion speaches and stuff, so yeah. Yeah, so um, she's a fan. The actions for me... Oh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of inconveniencing people to get them to understand your point. I think all protests in the past, the ones that have worked, have been the ones that have put people out and angered people. Mm. So I, I'm quite a big fan of Extinction Rebellion. No, I do agree I, with I, you. I, I like that. Like, obviously, if if you're blocking ambulances and stuff, getting people yeah. in need, that's where it gets a little bit fucked. However, I've seen videos and stuff, they did generally tend to get out of the way. Mm. Um, but then it's like anything, isn't it? Like the protests for um, the fucking Churchill statue or the EDL knobheads came out. They were blocking ambulances as well. Mm-hmm. It, protests are always going to do that but yeah I'm, I'm a big fan block the bridges inconvenience people to get them to understand your point because no one's going to give a shit if you just kind of sit there quietly you've got to make them listen yeah I mean the, the one ironic moment was them blocking uh, the tube in Canning Town for anyone that knows uh, the, the London Underground uh, well, we, we call it the tube uh, Canning Town is a station in East London and a uh, an Extinction Rebellion protester was sat on top of the tube, uh, the actual train itself, uh, which is a health and safety hazard. So they, they, they couldn't move the train. And it was done during morning rush hour, which obviously is the busiest period of the day. Uh, lots of people needed to go to work. And it was inconveniencing a lot of people. Uh, it pissed off a lot of people. He was pulled off of the train and uh, met with some violent ends, which I don't agree with myself personally. Um but the thing that was the irony of it is that these people are taking tube, which is public transport. They're not taking their own personal vehicles. They're not. Yeah. They're, for every single person that went on that tube, they're not in a car. They're not polluting. They are using public transport, which is kind of the point. So just yeah, how, how are you to get course. to work at that point? That I suppose that was the question that uh, came about it. It's like, well, you don't want me to drive my car. You're not even letting me get in a train. How am I to get to work? <laughs> yeah, I thought that one was weird as well. I think every course has its idiots. He probably thought he was doing Definitely a really good does. job. But Definitely, every, every course has let its Let people idiots. have its trains. Yeah, yeah. Because um, people still need to get about. But not like You can't just tell people they can't fucking move around. The world is still the world. Reality is still reality. Yeah. You just need to find a better way of going about things. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in that I do believe that inconvenience does uh, help a cause. Um, if if I'm able to avoid this protest by going down a diverted street, then I'm not going to see the protest and it won't affect my life. Whereas if it's stopping me from going, um, you know, it's going to be seen. Obviously, it's going to piss off some people that it is inconveniencing, but I suppose for those that are watching, uh, it makes more of a point. Um, so I suppose you lose some, but you gain more, maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll be if I'm yeah, if I'm to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what Extinction Rebellion's point is i don't get what they're arguing for is it climate is it animals i'm not entirely sure what it is i i I'm, I'm, that, that's not me being uh argumentative at all that is genuine like if you know the answer i'm open to hear it 
I'm sure people have very different answers. I think I think it would probably be a mixture of uh, climate change in particular. I think animal rights as well. Mm. Because animal rights and climate change go hand in hand. They all link in with each other, which I found quite recently, which is quite fascinating. Yeah, I know there's um, so sort of theories about how, okay. obviously with the natural ecosystem, if one animal goes, then it does affect another animal who would have eaten it and then so on and so forth. But uh, again... I, I I don't know. I'm just putting out the questions, but we've obviously had many extinctions of many animals in the past, um, particularly in the last 100 years, and yet, um, you know, things still carry on. Does or or is where we're at now the culmination of the last 100 years of human man-made extinctions? Because natural extinctions are caused naturally and don't affect the ecosystem. I'm not sure. I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it's against uh, human-made extinctions by hunting and various things. Okay. Because obviously you have things like saber-toothed tiger and dinosaurs and stuff that just died out by themselves due to natural causes. But then they also, like... Like, the chicken is related the, to the T-Rex. Yes. So they say, yes. Yeah. So things kind of, like, evolve, devolve if you want to... If you think a chicken's a bit shitter than a T-Rex, which chicken's are cool. You're, you're you're a big fan of the chicken at the moment, aren't you? Oh, I fucking love chickens. So we'll get on to okay. this now. So, uh, uh, if you follow me on social media, you probably don't. Um, you do. I, hope, uh, I do. People listening to this probably don't. <laughs> so, uh, me and uh, a very good friend of mine have been saving some chickens that were destined... They're 75 weeks old and they were destined to be slaughtered because their eggs are too pale which is bullshit because one of them laid an egg in the car and it was just a normal fucking mm. egg and they were they were off to be slaughtered to be made into pucker pies and instead we kind of put the word out drummed up some support in the end i think we had about 20 in the car overall mm-hmm. and we delivered them to people's houses and i think overall thousands got saved which is just so nice that's good no that is good i had to catch them as well on what day is it on monday i had to go into like this trailer and catch them which i've never done before no so now, basically, so you've been training like Rocky. Yeah, but I think Rocky did one yeah. chicken, whereas I did twelve so at better. the time. And they kind of, when they're clumped together, it's a lot easier to pick up. One of them though was a feisty little fuck, like such an attitude. <laughs> We've gave it to one of our friends, and like he's like, this one's a bit bitey. Like, yeah, it was pecking the box like mad. <laughs> uh, so, how yeah, did you find about find out about these chickens? Uh, so my friend Tabitha, she sent me this thing I, I think she's part of like loads of pages um about animal welfare and stuff and she found it because it was near her house and then she sent it to me and we were like right let's do something so if you if you look for it you'll find it because it's around this time of year where loads of farms will be doing this because they want to get rid of their stock and bring in new animals because farms won't not farms um supermarkets won't accept the eggs because they're not like perfect okay. which is mad so they have to meet a standard because they're still eggs yeah, and that's just capitalism putting economy over right. life because they're still eggs. And I saw one lay one, and it's still a normal egg, and it's edible. It's got like it's it's crazy that capitalism is forces thousands of animals to die. But oh well. Also, free range eggs are not free range eggs. Like that's a no. We know that. R- a big we know that not to be true. They're just uh, they're given uh, sufficient space, which is uh, according to a guideline allowed. But then generally, is it sufficient? Like. Free-range eggs, to me, should be the chickens are, like, allowed to roam around fields, like, they're just happy, and 
can roam to their heart's content. But really what it means is they're not in cages, which is what battery mm-hmm. farm is. So there'll still be thousands of chickens crammed into a barn and they'll be pecking each other. The ones we had were massively underweight. They were unwell. Um, they had feathers missing because they'd just been pecking at each other. It's it's fucked. Free range just means they're not in mm-hmm. cages. It's They're still very not well treated, which is why the argument of why don't vegans eat free-range eggs, that's where that comes from, because you're still exploiting an animal um, for it, something. So, uh, in that sense, and then, uh, so I understand why not to eat free-range eggs, but say, for instance, you knew of uh, a friend who happens to own chickens who roam freely in the garden, there's sufficient enough space, they lay eggs when they lay eggs, they're not forced to lay eggs, are you open to eat those? You see, this is a really weird one, and I I really don't know where I stand on it. I I don't think I would, Purely, I don't know. I think I'm in the mindset at the minute that I don't really want to eat anything that an animal produces and gives away kind of unwillingly because they don't know that I'm going to eat that egg. But also then if there are people who don't eat meat products, etc., and then have their own chickens, then eat those eggs. I'm not mad about Mm. it because if if the chickens are treated well, then go for your life. Like the homes we delivered them to were like lovely So as far as I'm aware... um... I'm not a chicken expert at all, but um, my granddad has kept chickens um, in the past. Um, he always, the way he explained it to me, and I'm not sure if this is true. If, if anyone does know this is, if this is true, or if you know what the real reason is, then do let us know. If you can send us an email, that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. Um, when a, a female hen lays an egg, uh, that egg is not fertilized. It's just an egg and it can only be fertilized no, you need, you need a rooster. A, you need a to cockerel fertilize to fertilise that egg. Therefore, it's essentially not useless because obviously it's something that could be something. But if there's no rooster to lay, if there's no rooster or cockerel to fertilise the egg, it is just there. And as far as I'm aware, the hen will eat it again. The egg? Yes, I believe the hen will eat the egg because it has a lot of nutrients and proteins. It in has it, calcium. Which is why we eat them. So when... Yeah, so we eat... A, a chicken lays an egg they it, it takes a lot out of them and they need the calcium like yeah. back and a lot of like free range and battery chickens will be completely undernourished so one of the ways to do it is if you are if you do have chickens you don't eat the eggs is kind of like take little bits of the shell and feed them little bits of the shell this is again yeah. new knowledge to me like i'm learning as i'm going it's i'm really glad i've got mm. the people around me that i do hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. But So we could, in, in, you could argue, I suppose, is... Um, 
an ethical way of eating your eggs. If you owned your own chickens in your garden, so that, such as my granddad did, so we, for a long period of time, we weren't buying eggs. We only got eggs when uh, the chickens that my granddad had had laid enough that was sufficient for him to give to us. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we didn't have any until that was the time. Um, so you could, I suppose, if, uh, take the take the egg. Obviously, there's no cockles. So it's not going to be fertilised at any point. It lays its eggs when it lays its eggs. It's not being forced to or like you know br- yeah. bred to do so. You take the egg. You can cook your egg and have that for your breakfast. And then you, I suppose, you could give the shell back to the chicken because that's where the calcium is. Yeah, uh, that's what definitely one way of doing it. Like if someone ha- like as I said, if someone has chickens and they treat them well and they want to eat those eggs, then I'm I'll, I'm not going to get angry about it. Like go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the I think oh, I've completely forgot the numbers. I think chickens are supposed to lay about ten eggs a year. I think that's what they're meant to do. And the way in which the farmers like feed them and like all the crap like they're bred to do, like they just obviously lay a lot more. So mm-hmm. it, it it's really like damaging to the chickens. Like the ones that we got were so underweight. They were so mm-hmm. small and they looked really unwell. Hmm. But yeah. okay, so so there there is potentially an ethical way of eating eggs. I know uh, there's a there are vegans that I've spoke to in the past who are just anti any anti any anti any animal product at all. Yeah, there's absolutely. No point, there's no need to kind of thing. Um, but I would argue that you know there's, if it's done, I suppose in an ethical way that does not harm the animal. I suppose then why not? So like someone who's like I won't have honey because of bees, but as far as I'm aware, bees don't eat that much honey. This, again, this is the thing because I obviously this is all new to me, and I asked about honey, and I was like, "Is honey okay?" Because obviously the B movie says that we need to take the honey, and obviously like everyone gets their knowledge from the B movie, but yeah, I've completed. But in the ways that honey is like harvested, like isn't very good for the bees. Mm. So I'm very it, aware as well that we can make artificial honey now, and a lot of the honey we do buy is artificial. Yeah, that's a, this is the big argument, isn't it? Like. There's so many other products you can buy which looks and tastes the same. Yeah, and so you can argue, I suppose, it's it's a, a honey substitute. Absolutely. Which is what the big argument I find is when people are like, obviously, if I'm eating like a vegan burger or like something, they're like, oh, why do you eat something that looks and tastes like meat? I thought that's not what you wanted to do. And my response is like, mm. it's not that I don't like the taste because obviously I know what it tastes like and I know that it tastes nice. So why then would I completely go without the taste of it when i can have the same thing basically and just not mm-hmm. have anything die for it yes yeah so it so, should, um, so the question shouldn't really be why do you eat things that taste like meat when it, the question should be why do you eat things that are meat when there's other substitutes available so f- uh, for me if um you can take the moment to be personal about it so yeah. the reason i eat meat is not because i enjoy eating animals um i would class myself as an animal lover um i have pets and whatnot and i i don't harm animals myself i don't think i could um but i don't eat meat because i enjoy the knowledge that i'm eating an animal i don't eat meat because i like eating dead things i eat meat uh, purely like for you to said because i enjoy the taste of it i like the taste of bacon sausages i like the taste of chicken i like the taste of my burgers and stuff i like that flavor and i like that taste yeah but that does not mean that i'm not open to eating a substitute that tastes exactly the same 
and say, I'm not eating it because I enjoy eating meat. I enjoy, I eat it because I enjoy the tastes and I yeah. enjoy what it tastes like to me, right? So, therefore, if you can find me uh, an alternative that tastes exactly the same, um, then I'm more than happy to swap. I, I'm not, I can say, I don't eat it because I enjoy the fact that it's a dead animal. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I, no. I, I eat it purely because it's what I like to eat. For instance, um, uh, when I, I was having this discussion with someone the other day, uh, when I eat a burger, I don't picture the cow that it once was. I assume, I, I just, it's a burger. That's what I call it. And that's what I see and recognize it as. For instance, as well, uh, when I eat a piece of chicken, uh, say it's just chicken breast, uh, I don't picture the chicken that it once was. I just see a chicken breast. And I think what the difference is, is that we're, we've, we've been able to disassociate, disassociate the food from what it once was, if that makes sense. So I don't see the process. I don't see the animal be slaughtered. I don't see the animal be butchered to then get on my plate. I literally see the finished product. So I don't associate the food with the animal. This is the thing. This is people live so completely disconnected from the animal that I think if they saw, well, isn't the phrase, once you see sausage being made, you'd never want to eat sausage. I agree. I mean, I, I think I said to you the last time we, we did a podcast episode, um, if I was sat in a steakhouse and the chef came up to me and said, look, here is, here's Daisy. Um, this is the one you've picked. Uh, yeah. Feel free to just slice its neck and then uh, we'll get to cutting and skinning and uh, yeah, you can have your meal within the next four hours. I couldn't do it. No, because but, then suddenly you, especially when you name something. Exactly. But if I was to sit into flat iron, for instance, and then someone just gives me a plate which has a steak on it, finished, prepared, cooked, and I just stick it in the mouth, I don't associate that with the cow it once was. Yeah, exactly. And that's because, the difference. Because a steak and a burger doesn't look like an animal. It just looks like a slab no. of brown something. No, exactly, James. And that's why, like I say, for me, I don't eat it because I enjoy eating animals. I, I eat it because I enjoy the taste. And if you can find me something that tastes exactly the same, I'm more than happy to eat it. I think it's incredibly rare to find someone that eats it purely because they want to eat an animal. I, th- I think that's incredibly rare. Um, there are amazing substitutes out there. I found some. I can send you a list after this, to be fair, of amazing substitutes. Are they financially viable, though? Yeah, because okay, obviously that right. is the next big question. This is a huge question, which even I asked, and people are like, "Oh, a vegan diet is really expensive," and I'm just going to put bullshit on that. If anything, it's substantially <laughs> cheaper. Yeah, like I'm saving so much money, and the food I'm having to get inventive with what I'm like making, and like it's all really exciting. It's like I've discovered food again. Mm-hmm. Like. For breakfast, all you need is like a massive bag of oats and you can get some like seeds on the top and some fruit. And it's just, honestly, it's like so much better than just like the processed crap. Like, mm. The things that are expensive, if you get like all the branded um, meat substitutes, like all the Linda McCartney stuff, the corn stuff can be quite pricey. But then yeah. there are shops that do amazing things like Aldi's fucking great. Like they're big on the uh, the old vegan stuff. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, it, it it's all really cheap. I'll I'll send you some some stuff. Um, yeah, I'm open there's... to it. I, this, uh, I'm not entirely sure if you thought this conversation would go that way, but I am open. No, I'm, to I'm it. very glad. I'm, this is how I started, Ryan. This is exactly how I started. It started <laughs> off as me. Um, I met uh, Tabitha, and I said, "Right, you're vegan. I'm interested in it. Like, talk to me about it." And then all of a sudden, here I am, three weeks later, mm. and honestly, couldn't be happier. 
And also mm. the the past like weeks and stuff like saving the chickens. I ate a lot of chicken before this. Like chicken was probably the main yeah. meat that I eat. And it's now the main that, like meat I eat, I've looked into like a chicken's eyes and I've seen that like it's a little life. I could I could never do it again. Really. For me, it's the equivalent of me looking into my dog's eyes and then going to a restaurant and then someone being like, oh, you, it was dogs on the menu. Like, that's horrifying. I'm sure people listening to this will be like, oh my God, that's horrifying. But it's an animal. Like, <laughs> it's a life at the end of the day. This is true. Um, so I've tried the vegan chicken burger that KFC did uh, promotionally a oh, few yeah. months ago. And it was really nice. I enjoyed it. I couldn't hardly taste the difference. I suppose... Uh, chicken as a meat itself is very bland that's why we have chicken with a lot of seasoning and uh, flavorings yeah. and stuff like that it's the bland meat we don't eat it on its own generally it's it's always herbed up and whatnot so like when i had the kfc vegan chicken i couldn't tell the difference because it still had its you know, famous 11 herbs and spices whatnot um so yeah i'm open to that not a problem like i said um if you can make something taste just as good totally i'll eat it um on 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 to the little live part um i want to i want us to go on to hunting um okay and just talk about that for a bit because i uh am against hunting for sport uh, oh yeah for but, sure but i'm i'm not so uh against hunting for uh, resources and like food and uh, other things that can be made from an animal if that makes sense um so there's there was a lady I think you might have seen it uh, a, a few months ago, possibly like a year ago. Uh, there was a story of a Russian lady, redhead, um, who hunts and has been getting a lot of flack from people online because uh, obviously she's a hunter. And um, she, as her defense claimed that she's like, I respect the animal and use every single part of the animal when I've hunted it. I don't waste any of it. Uh, like the offal will get sold off to whoever can use it. Um, like if it has antlers, like antlers and bone and stuff like that gets fashioned into tools and equipment and stuff like that that can be then be sold or used. Um, skin can be fashioned into furniture, leather, et cetera, et cetera. And the meat itself is also then harvested and feeds the family. Um, is that... Uh, uh, hmm. So... I understand the point of we don't have to do that. I understand that. But I suppose it's better than trophy hunters. And obviously trophy hunters and those that hunt for sport is... I'm I'm not a fan of that at all. I'm, there's no need for that. That is pointless killing. But I can almost understand if it's being used in that way, like in the other way. But then the question I'd ask is, does she need to? Does she not have any alternatives? No, I know. I, I agree with you in that sense, and I knew that that would be the next question. Uh, does she have? It's to? It's like you see, you see people nowadays. They'll go out to like the woods with like their gun, and they'll shoot foxes. But that's mainly for sports, fucked. And then they'll shoot like pheasants and things that they'll cook, and they'll they'll try and justify it by being like, "Oh yeah, but we're we're cooking it. It's fine." It's like it's not fine because hunting isn't what hunting used to be. When humanity first came about, we were there with our spears, and we'd have to actually physically hunt. If you get me. Like and well, if no, we didn't, even then, James, then we I can take die. that and say, but even that's not the real hunting because we had to use a tool. A, a weapon is a tool, regardless whether it's a gun or a spear. It's a tool. It's a tool that it's if true. you didn't have it, you wouldn't have been able to have got it in the first place. Humans, before we were like standing upright using tools, would just forage uh, nuts and fruit and stuff like that. 
And it was only yeah. until we could use weapons did we then start eating bigger animals and meats and mm. things like that. So, you know, it it is, I suppose, as old as humans have been able to use tools have we been doing it. it it's just the tools just have got better. It's absolutely mental that you can point this, like, device at an, another life and just... It works with humans as well. This is my rant on gun laws. And, like, <laughs> just, like, move your index finger a little bit and then suddenly you've taken a life. Like, that's mental. Mm. It's fucking bad. Hunting isn't hunting. And if you live in a fucking Arctic tundra or you live deep in away from civilization where there's no other alternatives and there's no other, like, plant-based stuff you can do, then if you need to survive, then survive. I get it. 99.9% of the world, that's not the case. Mm. Um, we, it's 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 just not necessary anymore. So is there no form, I suppose, of ethical hunting? I don't know how you can ethically, ethically take a life. Well... I suppose um, the I suppose the argument is becoming less and less valid in that um, the animals do it, so why can't we? Uh, the difference is that animals have to, we don't. Uh, I understand. I just that. I just then ask people like then we our intelligence is far greater. If we want to call ourselves the most intelligent species, then we've evolved to such a point that we don't have to do this anymore. We can consciously decide not to. If mm. you try telling a lion, can you consciously decide not to eat the antelope, please? It's not going to because it doesn't have the capabilities of doing that. Mm. Like yeah, right now, I'm looking at a laptop and a phone and like on my desk and like we've created this as a species. Like this is we're the only species that can fucking do this, which means we are the only species that can look at another animal and go, "I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to go have a plant-based alternative," mm. which is sustainable. Do you want to hit me? I'm right. I'm going to hit you with some facts real quick. Okay. Yeah. So. This this kind of links into climate change as well. You save more water by not eating a pound of meat than you do for not showering for six months. Sorry, so by me refusing to eat a pound of meat, that has yeah, saved more water. You will have saved as much water than by me not having not a shower showering. for six months. Yep. Because of how much water it takes to raise livestock and the land and the food it takes to feed that livestock. Okay, I think the I food it takes to feed that livestock could cure world hunger like 10 times over. That's off the top of my head, but it's crazy. It requires more than 4,000 gallons of water per day to produce food for a typical meat eater, but only 300 gallons of water to produce food for a typical vegan. So that's what? 3,700 less gallons. Okay. Which obviously we're seeing droughts around the world and people in certain countries don't get clean water and there's other people consuming 4,000 gallons a day, mm. which is mental. Some more. So the amount of land needed to feed a vegan is about um, a sixth of an acre. The amount of land needed to feed a meat eater, for all oh, this for a year, by the way, so a year for a vegan is a sixth of an acre. Amount of land needed to feed a meat eater for a year is three and a quarter acres, which is about 20 times as much. And as the population grows, this is why we're seeing larger deforestation and moving into other habitats, which is going to disturb more animals and link into extinction of the animals. Is because we we need the land for like farming. Is that which isn't sustainable? Is that um, quantifiably like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not one to one though, is it? Because there's not enough. There's not as many vegan eaters. Other are uh, vegan 
eaters as there are meat eaters. So, no, for instance, no, if you not. scale that up, so for instance, I think it was like 300 litres for a vegan in terms of water than it was for a meat. So I forget yep. what the number exactly was. Um, but if you scaled that up and you, you had as many meat eaters as you did vegan uh, food eaters, uh, um, that, that obviously scales up still, doesn't it? I suppose that's relevant now because there's not as many vegans as there are meat eaters. But veganism is growing, which is why you're seeing the farming industry fucking panic. There was, there was a law passed, oh, it might have just been America, it might have been here as well, that you, they've banned, like, you know, like oat milk and um, almond milk. Mm. Uh, they've banned it, you can't call it milk anymore. You have to call it, like, it's like oat substitute or something. Mm-hmm. And that's because the farming community is taking such a hit that these other milks are better better for you they don't require the exploitation of an animal and they're losing a lot of money and obviously the government wants to help the farming industry survive there's a law in america that like you can't slander the meat industry you can't do it there's an amazing documentary on um, netflix i'd recommend it it's called uh cowspiracy and he was doing a documentary about the meat industry and stuff and greenpeace wouldn't comment on it other like climate things wouldn't comment on the fact that the meat industry is the single largest contributor to climate change mm. and that's because their funding would get pulled and his funding in the middle of the documentary got pulled because the meat industry was like you can't talk shit about us so we're going to absolutely crush you mm. it's 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 like the mafia yeah it, it's it's fucking mental. But yeah, the, the meat industry is the single biggest cause of climate change, which is why I... That was my main reason of taking the step. But now, obviously, I've seen the chickens and I've got involved in like animal activism and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of set in my ways now. Yeah, but uh, like I say, scaling up, though, um, scale up the vegan uh, population. Where does the farming land come from at this point? Like, we still need to use all that land that is being used for this meat production. It's still got to be then repurposed for vegan usage. Um, isn't there a lot of issue with, like, is it palm oil? I think there's a problem with palm oils as well. Yeah, that's deforestation. Massive deforestation. Uh, uh, avocado the, stuff the in Mexico. Um, like this, uh, this mass over overproduction of avocados having been used for, like, people who are now eating that more than meat and things like that. I, th- I think, I don't, I'm not entirely sure... And again, I, I say this as a meat eater, so it's probably hip, uh, hypocritical of me to say so. Uh, but I don't. Well, no, it's not hypocritical. I'm just not entirely sure that I'm allowed to say speak on it. But um, I'm not entirely sure that it, changing your diet to a vegan diet is what will help climate. I suppose it's beneficial to an animal. That makes more sense. Um, but I also think that you know we've somewhat established that I, my, maybe not able to do it myself, can accept some sort of ethical although what is ethical hunting um but i don't think necessarily it's your change of diet that is what's going to help the climate because if you just stop everyone eating meat today and tomorrow they now eat vegan products that vegan product still then has to be made and capitalism will be capitalism and it will overproduce absolutely and it will continue to just destroy the planet but but it'll be making more vegan friendly food and stuff like that i think the problem we have overall is population of a lot less for sure, but it would take a hell of a lot less water and a hell would of a lot it, less though? land. Would it though? Because if you scale it up, you still have to make those plants 100%. which do require water. But but you can see they're doing it in the Netherlands. It's um, 
like indoor farming now. You can literally stack things on top of each other. Mm. Whereas animals need like space, a yeah. lot of land. Yeah. But as I said earlier, it's a sixth of an acre for a vegan, three quarters of an acre for a meat eater. Those are the numbers. And the larger the population grows, if you get more vegans, you typically need less land. The only way to for like ethical farming i guess is to have everything every animal uh grass-fed where they can roam fields and that's just not there's not enough land on the earth for that to be possible it's not possible which is why they cram them into these farms and stuff like you get dairy cows the second they're, they're forced to give birth mm. so they produce milk the second they give birth their calf gets taken away is either killed yeah, or i mean like that's just raised cruel. Up to like that, that, that is cruel there's no need for that at all um there's no need for yeah. that uh yeah I don't know. I, my 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 biggest problem, I think, uh, is, is I think is population. I think we're overpopulated for this planet. There's too many of us. I don't necessarily think that changing your diet will improve the planet. I think it's just the population. I just think there's way too many people here. I think there needs to be less people. Uh, there does need the, the, there does need to be less people. We do have too much population. But I think, from my perspective, I think it's kind of I don't want to say undeniable because that makes me sound like really arrogant, but. <laughs> If everyone was to go vegan, the planet would benefit greatly. Mm. I'll, I'll send you some links to like some like there's farms in Netherlands and doing. I've, I've completely forgotten what it's called, and I'm sure people are screaming at me right now because they know the name. But it takes up so much less space, and you can have indoor farming, and you can. This is the thing as well. You can farm in cities, which is mad because obviously you can't raise animals in cities. Mm. I mean, you could just but do if it you in get your a building garden, and do the you indoor. can grow your own veg and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, so, and also, the food tastes fucking great. What so. do you think it? What do you think it would take to get humans to change their diet? Because obviously, it's it's a um, slow process. There's not that many uh, people making that change, and those that are, it, it, it's not exponential. It's not continually growing. It's it's a slow moving thing at the moment. So, what is it? Do you think stops people from doing it? And what would it take to make them change? Do you think? Just a, 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 if you have an opinion on that, yeah. I think pe- the main reason people eat meat is convenience, isn't it? People are raised with it and, like, it's got air bubbles. Like. The main thing for me, like, it has inconvenienced me slightly, the fact that my family eat what they eat and then I cook differently. I quite like that. I'm sure other people wouldn't like that. So finding ways of conveniently getting people to go vegan, I guess, so they didn't have to change their lives. I think people are against change people don't like change people don't like being preached to as well which really fucks me off because like the second i mentioned to anyone that i've adopted this vegan lifestyle they go oh you didn't take long to say that did you mm. and i'm just like well don't fucking ask mm-hmm. then like, i don't walk into a room and declare it mm-hmm. it's it's weird but then my response is just like oh well, it didn't take you long to be a prick about it so mm. so it, convenience it, it's, it's weird like so convenience is the main oh convenience is absolutely the main one but if you can get someone it, it start one person at a time i think is the way to do it you won't be able to get everyone all at once to go vegan and nor do i think that's it's never possible you'll never get complete a completely vegan world but even if you some people disagree with this but i think this is kind of cool even if you like have three four days a week of veganism that's going to help Uh, some scientists disagree but i think it's a great way to start just to show that you can do it i just made the change straight away a lot of people go vegetarian and make like a slow change i kind of had two days vegetarian and thought fuck it and then just went the whole what would be the difference between vegetarian and vegan uh vegetarians eat like dairy cheese milk all that kind of Mm. stuff honey 
they just don't eat like beef and pork and whereas vegans don't eat anything that is so is, is vegan the answer or is vegetarianism still helpful vegetarianism is of course helpful because you're not taking a life however you are still exploiting an animal because the way they get treated for the dairy industry in particular is i, I agree with you the dairy vile. industry is awful and I'm, I'm personally i'm not a dairy i'm not so much a dairy consumer uh, it's very rare that i do have dairy products i don't i don't particularly have uh, like butter i don't like milk um, I might have ice cream now and then as a treat, but for the most part, I don't really consume much dairy. Yeah, but then you can get like vegan ice cream and stuff. It's really, really nice. I've tried Ben and Jerry's yeah, one, which we also have an episode on. Try, uh, try our Ben and Jerry's episode. Um, oh, yeah. I've tried the Ben and Jerry's vegan ice cream, and I wasn't a fan. Oh, mm. really? That's a shame. Um, but but no, I, I find... I'm, I'm all for reducing my meat consumption um, throughout the month. I'm not. I'm more than happy to do that uh, as a way of helping. You need to find, a, I think the main thing is you need to find a reason why you want to do it and that will be the driving force because I won't lie to you, there's been times where I've been walking back from work and I'm absolutely starving and I walk past like a fish and chip shop and the smell is just like, holy shit, that smells so mm. good. And then you do have that moment of, ah, oh, but then suddenly like you remember your reasons as to why you're doing it and then you just keep head down, walk straight past. Mm. But I... I cravings are natural so i suppose if you listen to this and you've just gone ve- vegan like i'm there with your cravings are completely natural just remember why you're doing you it. are doing very for well for me it was the environment and now it's and now it's the animal welfare like i've saw I've, the second i saw those chickens i was like what have i been doing mm. um like this is just awful yeah, yeah. Uh, i suppose we could uh i could go on about animal ownership as the next one but i won't i won't go into that <laughs> No, the pets and so that's a yeah. Obviously, that's a whole different. That's a whole different. But thing. we could talk about this for hours and hours. I've got a lot of opinions on it, and we really could. Well, I'm I've sure learned people... lots. I'm glad. I'll, I'll, if you ever have any questions, do let me know. Because if you are interested, I'll, I'll help you out as much as I can. Because it really helps to have someone there helping you. Like I know I've had that, and I couldn't be more grateful. Mm. So if I could give that to you, that'd be great. Mm. Well, as I say, I'm, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I, I will definitely look into reducing my meat consumption. Because uh, I know I, I'm one of those that I pretty much I can eat chicken every day, uh, without even realizing. Yeah, it's so dry. Yeah, it's very dry. Um, but yeah, no, I've definitely learnt loads. Um, it's interesting. It's there's so much more. There's lo- uh, uh, the easiest way to do it, I think is documentaries. So go look on go on um, Netflix. Look at Game Changers. Mm-hmm. That's about how veganism is actually better for your body than meat eating, right. which is fast. The Roman gladiators were plant based. Yeah. They didn't eat meat. Yeah. And they were like meant for fighting. Um, and Cowspiracy is very good. And obviously, David Attenborough's new one, um, Life on Planet Earth. I've or seen it. Like yeah, I've seen most, it. I, I, I like it. Uh, but he's not a vegan. Apparently not, no. Which is staggering. I found really shocking. Mm. So for, evidently for him, yeah. he still feels that, you know, it's acceptable to eat animals. And I suppose that uh, maybe he thinks that's natural. Um a natural way of a natural life cycle that you know we animals eat animals i guess i guess but then also really quick before we wrap up we've got to talk about the coronavirus aspect obviously it's kind of people have conspiracies about where coronavirus came from i think the generally accepted theories that it came from like meat markets and the wet markets in china yeah and where this has happened with every pandemic basically ever where viruses will jump from animals to humans and that is purely because of our relationship with them and how we're getting closer to them we're encroaching on their habitats and then we're eating more of them it's like i think 
scientists have said that a pandemic like this could happen every 10 years just because of what we're doing to the earth and how closely we're living with animals. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a wake-up call as well. We need to really reduce how we eat and our relationship with with animals because I think it's like a pangolin or a bat. That's like the main theory. Like, I'm not going to shit on other people's culture, but it's, it's weird. And the way they're kept as well, it, yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Speaking as Westerners, um, we are continually shown on social media and whatnot uh, how uh, food markets in Southeast Asia and whatnot generally present their food and how things are stored and whatnot. And to us Westerners, it is quite shocking. We don't see that very often. We are very much hidden from how our meat is kept and whatnot. Oh, yeah. No one knows. There's a complete disconnection to it, Yeah, which I think the connection needs to be made. Mm. yeah okay well thanks for that genuinely it's been really really fascinating um we spoke about Greta Thunberg at the beginning and uh we've just had oh, yeah, basically we've just had a long old chat about veganism and, uh, if, you've, uh, if you've made it to the end kudos to you yeah well done well done you've made it uh thanks for sticking with us I hope this has been worth the wait because this I suppose this has been a very different episode this you we've had episodes where we've ranted but we generally we agree on what we're talking about this I suppose has been the first conversation where it's been a genuine debate slash conversation where we're on I suppose two sides of opposite sides of the fence um and um yeah I suppose if if you can if you can find just one commonality between your conversations then you're already on the right track um and uh as we've uh, found out toward the end of this i'm i'm more than willing to try and cut down my meat consumption already well i'm glad that makes me very happy and if anyone <laughs> listening does have any questions um that i haven't been able to articulate properly or go into on in this episode just drop us a message on any social or whatever yeah. and i'll be more than happy to help yeah maybe you can catch us on any social media platform facebook twitter instagram or just uh send us an email um but yeah, thank you for that episode, James. Man, it's been really, really fascinating. I've learned loads, and I hope you guys listening have also learned loads. I hope it's been worth it for you for the wait. Um, as I mentioned yeah, long, at the long, top long. of the episode, we do have uh, a few more things that we want to bring out. So we're going to talk about Salem and the witch trials. We're going to talk about Matthew Hopkins, who is a famous witch hunter in uh, England, uh, and then we're going to have some creepy pastors coming up as well, just as a little bit Amazing. of fun. Um, so yeah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the socials if you do not already. Um, uh, why not? It's been a couple of weeks since I've said it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. Just type in at That's WPD. Find us on Instagram. Just type in That's What People Do Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, so for instance, you have any ideas or suggestions for people you'd like us to talk about, uh, you can send that to That's What People Do Podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, if we can just ask a quick little favour for whatever platform you are listening to, if there is an option to review, please do review us. Give us them five stars. Maybe send us a nice little message. It will help the podcast grow. Uh, and finally, um, if you want to help us grow uh, monetarily at all, we do have a Kofi page that you can donate to. It's a one-time thing. It's not like uh, Patreon where we take money out of your account every week. We're not like that. Um, if you feel like you enjoy the pod and you'd like to help us, you know, continue making it uh, you can drop us a little donation at uh, www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do and uh, we'll be beautiful eternally grateful it's been a while since I because said that. Ryan wants a new mic I, do, I need a new mic because uh, I don't know if any of you guys can hear it at all but uh, for as long as this pandemic has been going on 
we've been recording separately at home and my microphone uh, is basically a tiny little £10 microphone that is attached to my t-shirt. <laughs> but for £10, it's pre- I'm pretty impressed. Well, yeah, we've done pretty well of it. Uh, so yes, and on that, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, James, for bringing us the episode. We will speak to you hopefully next week. Ta-ra. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.